This is the Made It in Music podcast. I'm Seth Mosley, and this is Show 150. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. Hey, what's up? Seth Mosley here. We're on the Made It in Music podcast. And a quick announcement for you guys. This is brought to you by the Song Chasers commercial songwriting course. This is all found at fullcirclemusic.com. And you can click on Academy if you want info on how to write a commercial hit Song And speaking of commercial hit songs, we are in studio today with two of the amazing songwriting contestants that were on the last season of Songland. We've got Steve Fee and we've got Olivia Lane. Hello. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, man. Yeah. Excited to be here. So, um, yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. I I, I love the show. Thank you. Uh, But I want to go way back and I want to hear about your guys' individual stories pre all that. So we'll just start ladies first. Oh oh boy. What Here was, we go. <laughs> what was the first moment that you knew music had impacted you and you knew you had to commit your life to doing it? Yeah. Well, I feel like for me, uh figuring out being an entertainer came first. Um I did musical theater, gosh, ever since I can remember, probably I think I was six, and Grease was my first musical that I ever did. Yes, and right, go. this is already getting good. <laughs> it's nice. so good. And Steve knows my personality, but like I was cast as Jan, which is like totally up my alley, like quirky, crazy. But I was doing the Brusha 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 song that's in the movie, and like I was performing it, and everybody was laughing, and whether they were laughing at me or with me, I didn't care. But I was like this feeling. I love the feeling of making people feel good. Um, so what is that? And so as I kind of matured as an artist, I I kind of just was drawn to music, especially because my mom was like a local Texas country singer. Mm. And so she would always have music playing throughout the house and she would take me to the studio with her. She'd take me to karaoke bars. And so music just became something that I fell in love with. I just had a very intense emotional response to music at a very young age. Mm. So it wasn't like <clears throat> she did it and you were like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Like you were you were in from, from the beginning. I was in from the beginning, yeah. I, I mean, I did everything. I acted, I did music, I played guitar, I did theater. So I was just kind of an artistic kid in general. Mm. Um, the songwriter thing was a little bit further down the line for me. I um, I went to L.A. for two years of high school and four years of college. And before that, I had just been growing up in Houston. Mm. Um, but I moved out there because I wanted to pursue acting. Because wow. I saw Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez and all these girls from Texas who were, like, making their dreams happen. And I was yeah. like, I got to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so luckily, I'm so blessed. My mom went with me and then my dad went back and forth between Houston and L.A. And got an agent. Did a lot of auditions, failed, like failed so many times, like failed hard, like didn't even get like one commercial um, or anything. Um, but I took songwriting in um, in college mm. and that's when everything changed for me. I didn't really realize um, how much I loved songwriting. Mm. And so I uh, called my parents and I was like, hey guys, I remember when I went to, when I wanted to go to L.A.? 
pursue this acting thing. Just kidding. Going to Nashville, I'm going to be a songwriter. And they're like, oh my God. Um, so they've really supported my dreams. I've been very blessed. But yeah, so I've been, um, I guess the songwriter country pop artist thing didn't really like start until 2013 for me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I can't imagine what that's like, like growing up having a parent, did, like you didn't grow up like that, right? Like having one of your parents that was like super musical or anything. I had an uncle who was uh, a, a pretty good songwriter. Okay. Christian like songwriter. My, my dad was more into the medical arts. <laughs> so, very well, artistic. Very. very artistic. Yeah. There's some art that goes into that. There's some art that goes into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. It was a good experience. And I think seeing my parents' relationship, like they met in high school in Texas and then they didn't, get married until after college, but he really understood the artist's journey because yeah. my mom like dropped out of college cause she just wanted to sing. Mm. And so she traveled all over Texas and sang in a bunch of bands and he saw that he saw everything that she went through and they came to Nashville for a hot second to try and like do the country thing. Nice. Um, but then they just eventually settled down. And so now I feel like I'm the continuation you of are. her effort. The legacy. The legacy. Yes. <laughs> Steve, let's jump over to you. What was, what was the moment that you <clears throat> knew music was going to be the thing for you? Um, I mean, I don't know if it, if it was a moment that I knew it was going to be my thing, but the I, I can picture the moment that I was like the most captured by what music can do to people in like a large group setting. I was actually in high school and this was a long time ago. Um, it, it was like early 90s, very early 90s. Um, and we went to like uh, my youth group from church went to like this big um, like conference and there was like 10,000 people there. Like the Choir of the Fire or something? It was the Dawson McAllister Student Conference oh, yeah. way back in yeah, the day. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, the worship leader guy was Al Denson. Oh, and wow. He, and he, he stood up uh, and it was just one dude with a keyboard and like captivated everybody. Mm. Like there's a, a bunch of high school students who didn't care at all about what was going on musically until he stood up and mm. like did his thing. And it was all locked on him and really like focused and pulled everyone toward God. And I was like so impacted by that and just looked around going, hey, we're all doing the same thing at the same time for the same person. Mm -hmm. And that that like grabbed hold of me huge. And so around that time, the guy that led songs at my youth group, we call it worship now, but we didn't call it worship back then because worship wasn't cool. <laughs> it was like the same three kind of mediocre songs done every week, like with different oh, instruments. Yeah. So like the guy that did that at our church left and my youth pastor was like, Steve, would you lead the songs? And I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to do that. Thank you for asking. He kept asking and asking. And I said, look, I found a way out of it. I said, if you, if Josh, my best friend Josh does it with me, then I'll do it. And I knew Josh wasn't going to say yes. And so my youth pastor asked Josh, and he was like, that sounds awesome. Oh, gosh. I was like, okay, <laughs> hey, you. So I ended up leading songs for my youth group um, in high school and loved it. Uh, and eventually in college, like you, took a songwriting class. Mm. My professor uh, was a gospel songwriter named Babby Mason and um, just unlocked this, this idea of what it looks like to start with nothing and create a song that lives on forever. I, I fell in love with it. Mm. So good. So what was, what was the moment that like, um, or I guess how, how did you guys end up getting your first pub deals? Like, cause you've, you've been obviously in various situations, you've been in various situations, but what was, what was the first like entry point into that for you? Yeah. Well, my kind of side hustle 
as an artist, I do a lot of things. Um, but one of them is I wanted to create my own publishing. And so I kind of sought out to figure out how I could do that and um, what it would take and financially. And I, I didn't take one business class in college. So business, the whole so business. So you're a perfect musician. So I'm a perfect musician. Exactly. I know nothing about business. Um, and so I kind of just started asking around and studying publishing. Um, when I was in college and decided to become a songwriter, I started spending my summers between my sophomore, junior, junior, and senior year in Nashville, just to see if I loved Nashville, if I wanted, if I really, truly wanted to move here. And I got an internship at a independent publishing house called Ash Street Music. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I still, I still know the publishers. They linked me up with some of my first co-writes here. They let me play um, every Monday at this round at, uh, I think it's Aloft now, but it was called Hotel Indigo on West End. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And so I used to play like the three songs I'd written that were just garbage um, every Monday, yeah. you know, just to get over that fear of playing by yourself. Mm. Um, but yeah, so basically I, um, along with probably the last five years, I created Live Right Play. Um, and now we have three writers plus me hmm. and it kind of was a vehicle to sort of surround myself and develop me. Hmm. Um, but now it's turned into its own just thing. So now I'm Olivia Lane, the artist slash publisher, I guess. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's slash marketer slash, slash marketer slash you social are media Instagram genius. genius. <laughs> You are what we call a slasher. Slash uh, travel agent slash, right. um, ugh, gosh, we'll get into that later. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been at Live Right Play. Um, we created it uh, about four years ago and it's been up and running ever since. So I'm still there. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Steve? What was, uh, what was the first? Okay. So for situation? me back when I was just primarily doing just worship songs and leading worship, um, I had a consistent place to like write songs and try them out for people. We did like weekly, um, these big gatherings called 722 in Atlanta. I did it with, um, a team at, at my church, North Point and Louis Giglio was a speaker. And so we would write songs and try them out and, um, eventually wrote enough songs to make a record, uh, independent. And, um, the record actually did really well and was actually the record that ended up getting signed just the way that it was to what's now fair trade, uh, was at that point I know. And when I did that, um, was offered a publishing deal from, um, to a different publisher. So I signed, uh, my first publishing deal, co-pub to, um, Six Steps slash EMI, now Capital. See, I'm so old, all the names have changed. See, yeah, like yeah. every organization <laughs> totally. is now known by something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my first um, record or publishing deal was kind of strictly writing <clears throat> writing worship songs. And uh, mm -hmm. I was thrilled to be able to do it. And I got some great advice um, by one of my mentors. He said that the, the music business is a terrible, it's a terrible time to get into the music business. And I think you should get into the music business. <laughs> uh, uh, and so I was like, okay. He's like, I think it's, I think it's the right time for you. I don't think it's the right time for everybody. I think that the songs that you're bringing to the table are great. And even though it's a tough business and a tough time for an industry, um, I think you should do it. And I yeah. did it, and I, I don't regret that I did. So, what was your awesome. first, I guess, cut? Was that like a, a thing that you, as an artist, did, or did you get a big outside cut? Or so from the record that I made, um, ind independent, uh, I got a call from Mark Hall from Casting Crowns, mm. and he said, "We love the first song on your record, and love we'd love to cut it with with That's the awesome. Crowns." And so. I was like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> they did. And just, I mean, they've just sold so many records and done yeah. so well. Um, and then w once 
so it was the it was the last song on their record, the record called The Alternate Door. Mm-hmm. And then we released the same record um, that I had produced independently with Fair Trade, and that was our first single. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that went to number one. So the song kind of kept reviving its own life. And then Casting Crowns came out with a live CD, and it was the lead-off song to their CD, then a live DVD. It was lead-off song to their DVD. That's awesome. Um, And so, like, I learned quickly the impact that the right song at the right time can can have. And those are the songs that we all chase every day. Mm. Yeah. One of of my favorite moments from this podcast was getting to interview writer Jason Ingram, who's a guy I've kind of looked up to for a while. But he shared a story about his first year signed to a publishing deal. He didn't get... He literally got zero cuts. Yeah. Um, second year, zero cuts. Third year, one cut, and it was a hidden track on a record. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, well, <laughs> A lot of people think, like, the moment that you sign your deal, it's just all off to the races. Like, was that the case for you, or did it take, like, what was that first year, like, kind of getting into, this, into the publishing, the Nashville label world? So I didn't understand a lot about publishing when I signed a publishing deal. I knew it was a part of the equation. It kind of had to happen, and there are people, you know, working your songs. Um, But I didn't really know what publishers did, and I felt like we were the ones carrying our songs everywhere. And that at that point was true. Like I don't know of any other work except for like some some online, you know, video stuff that that they would do to like equip other like bands or worship leaders to like play your songs. Um, But for us, it was a pretty quick ascent. Because we figured as long as we're going to be a band and have a publishing deal and have an artist deal, let's play as many shows as possible because we believe that our best foot forward in marketing is just being in front of people. Mm -hmm. And so we played, I think our first year, 280 shows. Wow. Um, And, and it, you know, it, it, it paid off from a, um, a momentum standpoint, Mm -hmm. you know, songs got out there, um, some, you know, did great on radio. Some were mediocre because that's how radio works. But yeah. um, but for us, it was pretty – it wasn't a slow burn. It was kind of a slow burn before I signed, like becoming a writer and figuring out who to write with. And um, and uh, that's a different story in itself and it involves you actually. So maybe I'll tell it later. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just keep you in suspense. <laughs> so, uh, and the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so once I signed the publishing deal, it was kind of off to the races for about six or seven years for us. Pretty okay, yeah, that's pretty awesome. hot and heavy. So you kind of took it sounds like a little bit of a different route, and you sort of started your own thing mm-hmm. with with some other people. What was and you said that was it's been a four, about four years now. Yeah, it's kind of the theme of my career actually. What's that? Just starting things on my own, just okay. doing it because no one else is going to do it for you. <laughs> well, maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, what what has it been like for those? You know, what What was maybe even just put yourself back in that first year of starting it? What What did it look like? Yeah, I feel like especially as a, like a I would consider myself when I came to Nashville, like a brand new songwriter. Like I had taken a couple of years and written a couple songs, but I didn't know anything about like studying from great writers in Nashville. And I mean, I knew the songs that I loved and I knew the writers behind them, but I didn't know actually the mystical craft that went into creating a song with other people and co-writing. I had just really written alone. So I think the first year, first year and a half was really figuring out, oh, 
I really don't know anything about songwriting. I really need to get better about being a songwriter. And I was coming out with music. You know what I mean? Like, and that, like it, that just kind of proves it within itself. Like I was coming out with decent music and still challenging myself and realizing that I really needed to learn a lot from a lot of people. Um, and then I feel like once you start learning a lot from other people and you really listen to them, there comes this switch where it's like this flip where you're like, wait a minute, my ideas are great. So how do I find the right people who won't knock my ideas down and think that they're dumb Mm. or make me feel like they're dumb and finding the right people who understand my brain and who understand what I want to write about. And so you go through this whole, like, you find people who really like what you're saying. You find people who are like, "Mm, that won't work. And it's you just trying to make your way through all of this advice and how to stay true to your compass of who you are as an artist. Mm. Um, That was probably my first two years that was really, really tough because there's a difference between writing for other people versus writing for yourself. And I was really writing for myself. Mm. Um, But I think what I realized, too, on the like in that process, I because I had done theater so much and I was telling other people's stories and singing about other people's stories and somebody else's script that they had written, I didn't actually really know what I wanted to say. Yeah. As a human, you know, like as Olivia Lane, like who am I as the artist? What's my message? What's my purpose? Mm. Um, so if there's any artists or songwriters out there that are in that space, like I would say take like two or three months to just really figure out like who you are, mm. what you want to say, because that was I feel like I probably burned like eight months like knocking my head against the wall as a songwriter being like, oh, none of my songs are good. And because I actually didn't really know who I was on the inside. And like in your early 20s, you're just out of college. Life is really flipping its head upside. Like you're just like trying to figure out how life is in the real world outside of school. Or your early 40s, either one. It's fine. fine. We don't need to talk about it though. Don't don't make it weird, Olivia. (laughs) Really your whole life. I mean, who knows? Um, But it's just like, yeah, you just have to give yourself some grace and um just give yourself time to figure it out it's good yeah. that's good advice thanks for sharing that yeah i um, can't really remember what the question you asked was no, i just I, went on this whole tangent that's good did they answer, but that was great, that was great. Did it answer You're doing the great. Question? <laughs> i'm sure you did um steve i want to jump over to you how how did you so <clears throat> fast forward now a lot of what we're talking about today is is this show songland it's this NBC show that you guys had the opportunity to get on. So Steve, how did you get connected with that opportunity? Okay, cool. So I had heard about the show through, um, our mutual publishing friend, Chad. Um, and I don't know when it was, it was some, somewhere toward the top of the year, late January, early February ish. And, um, so decided to, I'd already been working on a song with, um, my buddy, Zachary Kale. And we decided to finish it up and submit it for Songland. And since Zach can sing 12.9 times better than me, <laughs> he went to Songland. So it got accepted. They loved it. It's said, like, great. Um, and we had an idea of some of the artists that were going to be there. We didn't know what song we were like pitching it for. We were hoping One Republic, I think, like everyone was. Mm. And so it came back and said, you're going to be on um, – uh, What's her? Oh, um, Megan Trainer's episode, mm. and so Zach. Wait, they went out told there. you that? Uh, they, well, they they told Zach when oh. when, they, when they finally. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So he he kind of knew. Yeah. Um, so he was like, okay. Oh right. We so we uh, he went out there and um, she loved the song, 
and said, but it's a love song and I'm not looking for a love song for my record. I've already got mm. enough. So he didn't get graduated into the top three. He got to go home. Um, so then I kind of thought that was the, it was cool. That was great. That was our song land, you know, run. Yeah. And uh, then I got another call from Chad and he said, hey, look, that's not really an inside scoop, but the only thing I can tell you is that they are coming up on a deadline to shoot an episode and they don't have all the songs yet. And so if you have any songs laying around or you want to write a new one, um, I'd love to hear them. And the deadline is tomorrow at 6 p.m. Okay. <laughs> this is how TV works. Seriously. Yeah. And so I was like, Last I minute. have nothing. Cool. <laughs> and so, and I wasn't even in town, but um, I was out of town in North Carolina. So I called up Zach and I was like, hey, dude, do you want to take another shot? Like we have like a 18 hour window to like submit another song. So we like pulled a finals week in college all night <laughs> on Skype writing this song. Wow. And um, we only actually only wrote uh, a verse and a chorus, 90 seconds, which is all that they really care about anyway for the, mm -hmm. the show. Um, and so we submitted it the next day. I submitted it at 11 a.m. the next day and had a ticket to go be on the show, an airplane ticket by 6 p.m. God! <laughs> so Crazy. Chad wasn't wrong about how quickly they needed a song yeah. um, and apparently how quickly they needed someone to sing it. So yeah. um, I was like, please, please take Zach again. He's so much better. They're like, nope, sucker, you're coming out here. So that that's how I got out there. To, um, was it you? Did you sing on the demo? No, Zach how? did, which also made me like another level of insecure because he like <laughs> destroyed the demo. He sounded so good. Zach's it, one of those guys that can sing the phone. He book. can if sing anything. Stuff, in any, yeah. any genre, really. Yeah. I mean, he can sound like... John Legend, if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that was my my uh, kind of like last minute. What do you think of this song? That's it's like awesome. I, re I remember getting a phone call from like one of the head producers, and she goes, "Well, are you ready for all things that are going to be Songland?" I'm like, "Do I need to be? Am I going? I don't. I, don't, I have no information." <laughs> no information. She's like, "Yeah, you're coming." I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks cool. for keeping me up to speed." So yeah, next, that's amazing. By the next morning, I was on a plane. Wow. Crazy. Uh, Olivia, what about you? How did, how did you con get connected with Songland? So, um, we just got a random email in like December of last year. Oh, wait. Of when? Yeah. December, 2018. Right. No, 19. Oh my God. Yeah, wait, still... no, 18. It was 18. It was 18. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm caught up now. You're, you're there. Yeah. So like December of 18, early 2019, January, um, they just emailed me. And they were just like, hey, we're um, we're the team from Songland. And we've noticed, I, I think I was in the system. Like I was in the NBC system because I'd auditioned for The Voice. Hmm. Um, it wasn't back from when you sang Brusha, Brusha, Brusha. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a talent scout saw me and they were like, we saw you at your, <laughs> your six-year-old performance. <laughs> we need you on this show. Um, hey, it all connects. You know what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, so uh, they asked for like a catalog of songs. So I sent... And then, like, didn't hear anything for, like, a month. I was like, is this show legit? Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and then I saw that Shane, whoops, and then I saw that Shane McAnally was tied to it. And I was like, oh, okay, it's legit. Because yeah. um, I love Shane. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, like, probably, like, a couple weeks later, they were like, great, uh, we love this song. Um, and you're in, like, the top whatever. They would just, like, trickle information and then, like, totally disappear. Mm. Um, and then we, I get an email, I'm skiing for like spring break and I get an email on Thursday night, like in March sometime, March, April, cause that's when we shot. Right. Um, like tonight you will figure out if you're on the show. 
So Thursday night goes by. I don't get an email. And I'm so bummed. Yeah. I was like secretly very bummed. I was like, man, I made it so far. Friday morning, I get a call. Hey, you made the show. Um, we need you here in LA by Sunday. And so I had to change, like I had to get out of the ski town, mm. had to get back to Nashville within like 48 hours. And then I was in LA by Sunday. Found out Friday in LA by Sunday and Crazy. shooting by Monday. I'm yeah. sorry that your ski trip got cut short. <laughs> you know what? It was all worth it. It was all worth it. Blessings coming my gotcha. way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amazing. Hey, really quick too, and, and either Steve or Olivia, either you can take this, but just for people who maybe haven't watched it, how would you summarize what Songland is as a show, like in a nutshell? Like what, what is it? Like Shark Tank for songwriters. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, for th- for those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> For those reasons, I'm out. I'm taking my song. Um, yeah, I would equate it to that. But like um, the set, like it, everyone's more friendly. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not, they're not the sharks. They're, they're not actually. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they're, co- they're coaches, right? They call yeah. Them I mean, like they, they visually look like judges, but they're, they're coaches trying to attach themselves to the best songs and then improve on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal is every single week has um, a new like A-list kind of artist out there and they're looking for their next song that they want to record. Mm-hmm. So they go from four people, one gets cut, three people improve upon those songs, re-sing the new and improved version and the artist picks which one they like the best. Mm. There you go. It's cutthroat, man. That's awesome. It is. Um, what was, and maybe we'll start with Olivia, but what was one of the biggest highlights from from being on the show for you? Meeting fantastic people like Steve. I knew you were going to say that. It It happens all the time. I know, because you're so fantastic. (laughs) Okay, now the real answer. (laughs) Okay, the real answer. Um, No, just kidding. No, you know, it's funny. Like, so I was there for a week filming. Were you there for a week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you're in this hotel for a week. I mean, you could get by by not talking to anybody and just showing up for set and like going back. And I remember the first day of shooting and I remember coming like walking past. We had a bar. There was like a bar restaurant in the hotel, luckily, and was outside. It was perfect temperature when we were there. I mean, perfect. And I just remember seeing all we had like a welcome like information session the night before and all the songwriters, everybody was out and I was walking by and I was like, I could go to my hotel room, but I could also go hang out with the songwriters. And that was the best. That was the best time. I mean, shooting was fun and we got to see each other and hang out. But like that time at the bar. Yeah, it was like a regroup kind (laughs) of like every day. Like, what did you go through? Yeah, it it was really fun. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, give me an update. And like that first night, we all went around and played each other our songs Mm. in their like beginning stages. And I think that was the Probably the just funnest like part. Just like at the hotel bar. Or yeah. yeah. Just like on the phones or yeah. whatever. It awesome. was great. It was great. And so like if there's anybody out there that's, I mean, hopefully they, they maintain that culture because yeah. the producer, they didn't make us do that. Right. But it's we just, just kind yeah. of were drawn yeah. to each other because it was yeah. like, this is the first season. This is strange. No one knows what's going on. So let's just band together and like get through this together. Yeah. 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 What, uh, about, what about for you? Big, I, biggest biggest I, highlight? I think the biggest like takeaway is like leaving the experience um, really like with a lot of life and a lot of energy, I feel like they've created a very life-giving, like encouraging atmosphere mm-hmm. for the songwriters. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like even like to fast forward, like my, my song wasn't picked for, um, by Aloe Black, who we were trying to get him to record it. But like Shane came and gave me a huge hug and said, just so you know, I wouldn't change 
a single thing about our song. I mm. love our song and I love you as a songwriter. And just even walking away, um, not like achieving like the goal that we all kind of wanted to, um, I just felt so encouraged mm-hmm. um, and like understood as a songwriter. Um, I think that I I had like nerves around being in a right with like, you know, Ryan Esther and Shane. Ooh, yeah. And then as we were talking about the song, I didn't, I didn't feel like like the student and that they were the masters. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I felt like one of. I agree um, with that. And they were they were super gracious to kind of pull you into that and um and talk about the things about the songs that could be improved on, but also just just really um, elevate you as a songwriter and highlight the cool parts of your song. So mm. I don't know. I was encouraged and I like. I was kidding the whole time I was out there, like I'm everyone's father because I'm so much older. And like, <laughs> I, I felt like, what, are, like, what, like, you know, I don't know. I just left with like, a, like energy and wind in my sails as a songwriter. And that was, um, that's awesome. I agree with awesome. that. Yeah. Like they really cultivated, like you belong here. Mm. Like, the, and that's the thing. Like, I think Ryan Tedder said it. Um, he was just like, I wanted to, he wanted to wait and do a show where like everyone was a winner. Mm. And yes, there is one clear winner because the artist chooses, but like you really truly feel like you leave there and you're like, I am, I'm can still be a songwriter just because I didn't have my song selected, which I made it to the top three too. And mine didn't get selected by Leona Lewis. Mm. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm still a great songwriter and yeah. I made it here because of that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a really good kind of bump in the confidence. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Super grateful. Yeah. So what did a uh, a day, or I guess you guys were there for a week, but what did a day of filming kind of look like on the set? You're either up at like 5 a.m. getting like getting my makeup ready and stuff and like shooting by like 7 a.m. or you wait till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You had like the morning or the afternoon block. Yeah. So they would, yeah, they would do one like episode at a time. So if, um, like, but it's funny because like I said, when they said you're, you know, you're, you're coming, here's your ticket. Same day, I got out there and sat in the hotel room for two days. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Man, hurry up and get out here, and like we need I didn't, you. didn't do anything for two days. <laughs> so there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah, um, the the day that they did the um, like the B roll filming where you oh, like drive around gosh. town, it's just like literally a tour of L A. and like you go to Venice Beach and put your hair in the wind and like, you know, <laughs> hold a guitar, uh, which I'm sure you did way better than me. But um, They didn't even use any of mine. I was walking for hours in heels and hey, I was like, this footage is brilliant. Same, same. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. So um, it was, you know, there was a lot of hurry up and wait, but the, it was, the cool thing is a lot of the wait was waiting with everybody. So we were just, right. you know, set up camp and be ridiculous. And be ridiculous and hang out and just yeah. talk about life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, what are some things that, if anything, you know, and either of you can speak to this, but what are some things that the show maybe accurately portrays in the finished product about the songwriting process or maybe some things that you're like, well, that's not necessarily how it, how it maybe goes down in the real world. Is there any kind of, yeah. I think they accurately depicted, um, obviously it's way more in depth and sometimes can go a little bit slower, but the, the part after we sing our songs and they just dive in and volley different ideas, like, well, what if we did this on the course? And what if we did this on the, this lyric and that could be tweaked and this melody, like they're such pros that it was like, it was like a Disney ride watching them just yeah. like bing, 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 bing. Like, but like, that's how it is in a ride. It's, it's volleying. It's like, yeah. Oh, I love that. Keep doing that. Oh, th- like, it's just the creative wheel starts rolling and it's like a tiny little snowball and it turns into like an avalanche. It's just yeah. like, so I think they portrayed that really well. 
Yeah, it's freakishly fast. Freakishly um, fast. Yeah. I think like it was a little longer on mine. Like I think it was like ten minutes into our collaboration. Like as soon as you get done singing the song, um, that something was said that actually had an impact on the final version of the song. Mm. Um, I think one of the things that may be a misconception on the show is like you'll see um, like on day two when you meet your coach you'll see like a collaboration happening and that that collaboration happens still at NBC studios. Like it's like kind of a Songland studio next door to where they shoot the audition. Um, and so the real work of the song happens off camera, off camera. So like the, the following day or two days later, like you'll go to the studio that your, your coach is at. So I went to actually Ryan Tedder's house where Shane was working at. And we, we spent like five hours working on the song and the, kind of the lion's share of the reconstruction and upgrading of the song happened there with me and Shane and our producer, Andrew Dur Roberts, who's awesome and did a yeah, bunch Andrew's of the songs on, yeah. um, on, on song land. So definitely a huge shout out to Andrew. Cause he's, yeah. he was uh, a part of a lot of the great songs. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so that's, that's where a lot of the, but for Kyle, who was on our episode, um, the the hour or two hours that they shot at NBC, he and Ryan actually did a lot of work used, on the yeah on right. the song, but Shane just kind of worked a little a little differently. Yeah, I don't think we used any idea from that setup. Yeah, we yeah. So it's you kind of go back and re re look at it. And yeah, and that feels more like a, the the kind of songwriting atmosphere that we're all used to. Right. It's it's way more chill. There's no cameras. You're you know you, you're trying out. You don't go to hair and makeup first. Yeah. Yeah. You're daring to suck on all your ideas just because yeah. you know. But it's TV. You only get so much time. Totally. So. Um, do you feel like it's brought more awareness to the songwriting industry though? Like as far as just shining a light on the process? Yeah. I think so. I, I was curious. Um, I would ask my fans what they thought of it. Um, and I would ask my family and just my friends and they all were just like, yeah, it's really super interesting because it could have gone both ways. People could have cared or not cared about the songwriter. Totally. Yeah. And if I had fans, I'd ask them too, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the dig, uh, the, we'll help you on out. myself. I'll, <laughs> I'll do a well, little. He just burned himself. <laughs> Um, Ticket yourself, man. <laughs> I feel like as as cool as like the voice of American Idol, like those shows are, um, A, they've been around for a long time right. and people are singing songs that already exist. Mm -hmm. I really think it's a cool thing for people to be like, hey, this is a brand new song and we get to see how it got built and we got to see the process of it going from, you know, kind of bare bones to like this full produced version that mm -hmm. this like, you know, Macklemore, my favorite artist who's on this show actually chose. So I think that's the win is just like pulling the curtain back a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think it highlights the songwriter in a super cool way. Mm. And it also shows insight too into the, like just the whole process of how a hit song is made that it's almost like the more, you know, the less, you know, <laughs> like, like there's still so much mystery and magic in the songwriting process that we can't even explain, mm. you know? And so I think that's kind of what gets people where it's like, Oh, they act, that's what they're doing. Well, where did that come from? It starts the conversation of like how it's actually made. Sure. You know, sure. I don't know. It's but interesting. The fact that you guys, even even off camera, the five hours that you go into writing mode, there's obviously still a, a formula there. Uh -huh. Otherwise, you wouldn't walk out in five hours and have it done. Totally. Like, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Learning from the pros who know exactly what, you know, levers to pull and how right. to make a melody hook, how to, how to land the chorus. Absolutely. And, and then also the artist would really pitch in too. Like my yeah. song, for example, was a piano ballad and Leona wanted it to be more up-tempo and like, and so we just changed it into like an EDM banger. Mm. So yeah. the artist was involved. I don't know how much Aloe was involved in like what y'all did, but. Yeah, he was, um, so the, the, 
the on-screen collaboration when you sing the song the first time, he uh, the first thing to actually impact the final version of the song was Aloe coming up with a lyric and a melody tweak for the chorus. Mm. So when I sang the song, our chorus was pretty repetitive, and I kind of knew that, and I knew it was maybe a flaw of the song. Um, and I think it helped because it just gave space to recreate it or to mm. reconstruct yeah. it. And so um, we knew that that was a keeper melody that Aloe came up with. Mm. And then... Um, like Olivia said, the coaches are in contact with the artists a lot, and we FaceTime with Allah while we were writing, and he like threw down like like three lines in the chorus that were just so good that he'd been thinking about as he was on vacation at some beautiful beach. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but I'm not jealous. I'm fine. Um, Doing the work. I don't need to talk about it. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he 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 offered these uh, these lyrics, and they were so good. And so we hung up and we're like, think the chorus is written. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. And yeah. so. Um, so, yeah, in, in all honesty, we worked for about three hours and then ordered out and just ate and hung out. So yeah, yeah. we worked quickly. It's so cool. That's awesome. So in what ways, um, and maybe Olivia, you can start us with this, but in what ways has it um, helped or impacted your career, if any? Yeah. Well, so I think when you go into these shows, you have to keep a realistic head. So I know a ton of people and just being in the natural scene, like, there's so many people who have been on The Voice and they've been on American Idol and they, hey, you know, they gained a great social following, but industry wise, like nobody cares. And it's harsh. Like it's like sure. people have stars in their eyes and then they come to Nashville and they realize like, oh, I actually don't know how to write a song. I don't know who I am. And I resonate with that because I went through that without having that platform. Mm. And so I can't imagine like feeling that pressure of like, oh my God, I just gained all these new fans and I don't have anything to give them. That's, that's very stressful. Um, but... Really, my whole thing was like, okay, this is um, this is a moment in my story. Mm. You know, this is like another step in the right direction. It's another confirmation of I am where I'm supposed to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it also helps that I'll probably gain a couple new fans from it. Yeah. And when I do, um, we kind of changed my whole—I was about to release an EP in May, but then we, we waited till September when my episode was airing to release my EP to have sort of like a really big splash of— Olivia Lane everywhere kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but that, honestly, like, it's just a step in the right direction. It's just another bullet point in the story that's going to be the Olivia Lane story, mm. you know. Um, and I made some really, really great fans. So I think you just have to keep a realistic expectation and just be in the moment when you're doing this experience and meet as many people as you can mm. because the actual TV experience might not be what sets you, you know, on the skyrocket to success, it might be who you meet and who you write that next song with. Yeah. Um, so just keep an open mind, open heart, and realistic expectations. Yeah. You got any thoughts? Well done, that, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> I second all that. Um, Thank you. For me, it was like super left field. Like, like you I, wanted to rise to the top. <laughs> 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 like, I w like, I'm not out singing much at all. I'm not performing much, right? And I haven't for a while. And like. All of a sudden, this happened. It's like, okay, now you get to sing for millions of people. So terrified. Um, <laughs> but I, I think for me, it uh, like I said, Aloe and and David, who is the director of the film, um, didn't choose my song. They chose our friend Kyle's song, which is an awesome song um, mm -hmm. and very fitting for the movie. It like definitely deserved to win. Um, but a week later, after we had gotten home, Aloe had called and said, "I want to record your song anyway." Mm -hmm. um, and so he cut. Um, the new and improved version of the song. Um, and actually, it was funny because Shane had called and said, hey, can you send me the second verse to the song? I was like, dude, no. 
It doesn't exist. It doesn't I only exist. wrote one the verse of the course for the show. So there's no second verse. So he's like, oh, shoot. Okay, so me and Zach got together and, and texted Shane some lyrics. Um, and then he got together with Aloe and wrote way better ones. Um, <laughs> and then so, so he released a song, and which was was awesome because, like, I didn't go into, you know, 2019 with the goal of I'm going to get a pop cut. I'm going to yeah. get a cut with an A-list, you know, soulful pop artist. And yeah. it happened. Yeah. Um, and then the song got synced um, on a Fox show. And um, and so over the last couple of years, I have been creating space in, in my songwriting kind of ecosystem to to write songs for, for TV and sync and film. So um, that was a huge shot in the arm toward that. And so this was a good year for, for, for sync for me and largely based on the encouragement I got from Songland. Yeah. That's awesome. So if anybody out there is listening, a songwriter that's interested in like how, getting on the show, like what would be their their best way to like submit or to to try and get discovered for it? I don't really know. I guess there's a submission form, but I, they just found me. I mean, I, I don't know. So yeah, I would say like you did good though. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> no, I can't offer anything. <laughs> recommend people so i recommended a lot of fabulous songwriter co- like friends totally there's so a basically dm olivia uh, yeah, yeah right, right. Love line music yeah. no I, I there's, don't a, there's a submission form but i like I, I would say like watch and study season one yeah and like look at the songs that made it through and and like realize maybe why they're there um and reach back in your catalog and grab songs that might fit that mold if not write songs. They they announced the artist list, right? Um, of what season two is going to be. I don't know if they have yet, but yeah, study study the artists and see what kind of songs that are working that get t- selected for the top three. Yeah. And honestly, they're probably going to be your best songs. So get ready to lose a percentage of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because even like you were talking about, we would hang out at that little restaurant bar thing and we all shared our songs. And I was like, I'm not winning this thing. These songs <laughs> yeah. are so good. Everyone's songs were fire. So fabulous. Yeah. So, so um, which was awesome because then you, you just feel like you're surrounded by like crazy talent. Yep. And you get to be one of. And it's, it's super cool. It's humbling and also confidence building. Yeah. All but, at the same time. Right. Uh, I don't know. The answer to the question of how do you get on Songland is write great songs. Right. And great as songs. soon as you write a great song, write another one and another mm-hmm. one and another. Just keep keep writing. I I, I talk to um to songwriters. I, I teach an online songwriting course, and some of them say, like, I want to be a songwriter. I'm like, there's no such thing as I want to be a songwriter. Right. Write a song. You either yeah. are or you aren't. You might want to be a great songwriter, and there's a path to that. But um be writing songs and be writing, keep getting better and pick the cream of the crop. And submit it to Songland. See mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, let's jump into our lightning round. Are you all ready? Woo! Yes, I am. So ready right now. Lightning round. Ladies first. Yes. Oh, uh, favorite cartoon? Oh, like right now or like just in general? Um, SpongeBob. I had Love a it. sixth grade obsession with SpongeBob. Like my whole room was SpongeBob. Love it. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. Oh, man, Done. that's a good one. Uh, longest you have ever gone without sleep? Oh, like a day? I don't know. I love sleep. I can't. <laughs> I just, I have to sleep. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I like I could you. sleep standing up. I could sleep anywhere. Definitely over 48 hours, finals week. 
Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I've gone 48. I have definitely not gone 48. Yeah. That's crazy. I kept Red Bull in business. <laughs> <laughs> That's loony too. Speaking of which, morning person or night owl? Night owl, 100%. Usually night, I fluctuate though. I can get my morning vibes on pretty strong. Really? Okay. Yeah. How do okay. you do? We need to talk about that because I, I need help. <laughs> I need help. Uh, the career you would pursue if you weren't in music? Oh, maybe like something else with writing, like a novelist or something. Okay. Yeah, or, or a screenwriter for a TV show. Awesome. Uh, these are all goals I want to do eventually. So, yeah, hey, yeah. Put, put it out there. Put it the out universe. there. Manifesting 2020. Exactly. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. Something adventurous, probably. Something that is very different than sitting in a studio all day. Okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that is. I just saw that Vans thing where they, like, they go to like crazy places and surf like weird waves, like waves that are made from like glaciers falling and then like it makes a wave and they surf it. I can't <laughs> surf, but something like that that's within like my skill set. Like you skydive into the water and then you surf the wave. So, <laughs> so down with that. <laughs> if like I could that. skydive or surf, I'd totally do that. That's awesome. Okay, last one. Um, track you're jamming to right now that you didn't write. Oh, I went down a very deep rabbit hole of Ashley Simpson this morning. Like pieces of me throw okay. back that whole autobiogra- autobiography album was fire. Yeah. I'm so sad that that whole SNL thing happened for her because so many people lip saying, who cares? I don't, I forgive you. Yeah, exactly. Like that album was so good. Good songs. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I dig the brand new uh, Chainsmoker song, uh, Family. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then... I I still try to listen to that Capaldi song and not cry. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Somewhere between those two. Right. So I might good. cry right now thinking about it. So. <laughs> it's a great song. Hey, it's a safe place. <laughs> okay. It's a safe place. <laughs> safe well, space. hey, um, as we're finishing up, we are going to get into our deep dive. We touched on this earlier, but you are secretly a slasher. Yeah. And that's not what people think. It oh, it is. might be what you think. Or it might, or be. It might be. Or it might be. But we're going to talk about how to be a slasher in the modern music industry in the deep dive. You're, you're not going to want to miss that. It's at madeitinmusic.com. You can check that out. And Would I, you please dive with us? Dive, dive deeply with deep us. Deep dive into dive the deeply. slasher vibes. <laughs> exactly. But, um, hey, thank you guys so much for being on show today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. This and was we'll fantastic. Have, we'll have links for... All of your stuff in the show notes. Again, madeitmusic.com. You can check all that out. Yay. And again, the show is presented today by, I feel like I'm like reading an official sponsor thing. You're doing great. I love, I'm I'm captivated. It's, it's. I'm going to buy whatever you say. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, (laughs) I'm clicking the link that you're about to push. Um, But yeah, the show, the show today is brought to you by the Song Chasers commercial songwriting course. As we talked about in this episode, there are no formulas but there are formulas. Otherwise, songs would not get written in three hours that are so good. So that is exactly what this course is all about. Um, I put it together with my team and some of the best songwriters in the industry. You can find it at fullcirclemusic.com. We dive into ideas for starting, inspiration, writing great melodies, writing great lyrics, pitching songs, getting them cut, um, and then producing great demos, which is very, very important for your songs. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're interested in that, check that out. It's at fullcirclemusic.com. You can just click the Academy uh, section of that, and all of the info is there. Again, that's the Song Chasers commercial songwriting course. So Steve Fee, Olivia Lane, thank you so much for being here on the Made It Music podcast. Thank you. Thanks, bud.
Hey, this is a PS. I want all of you to check out Olivia Lane's new single yeah. that just came out not too long ago. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's called Same Old Story. And this year, 2020, man, it's the aggressive year of putting out so much new music. I've been sitting on so much new music and I'm just really, really excited to put it out. But yeah, this song, um, it's kind of a nice segue between my last project and the new stuff I'll be putting out. Um, still in that pop country vein, but I'm kind kind of all about the vibe and I feel like same old story has that vibe but the song it really is kind of um 2019 was a a year that I really needed to focus on me and my self-awareness and my self-love and diving into therapy and every artist I recommend you get a great therapist because you're gonna need it um but same old story I think is the manifestation of putting myself first um because when you do put yourself first it actually makes you a better human and it makes you um readily more available to be a better human for other people. Um, and in that process, I, um, realized that there were a lot of relationships I had to lose. And, um, same old story is, uh, it's kind of about still being hopeful. Like you have to be hopeful about love. Like you can be jaded, burned, whatever, but that's not going to do you any good. You got to believe you got to have faith. You got to have hope, um, in your career and love in in your dreams. Um, but this particular song is sort of a snapshot of, I had to lose a relationship, but you know, I'm still hopeful about this new person. Like you have me believing that the same old story might end a different way. Mm, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, check it out. It's on Amazon, Spotify, Apple music. Everywhere you listen to music, YouTube, all the good places. Go check it out. We'll link to it as well in the description below. So check it out. Yeah.